Montana will inbound. He gets it over to the doctor. Time all game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! At the buzzer, and the Nets win. 120 to 118. I think we see Willis coming out. Over to Kidd. Baseline drive. Kidd throws it up. Oh! How did he do it? Randall on the drive. Stripped by Butler. Randall gets it back. Randall puts up a three. Bang! Bang! Randall knocks down the three with seven tenths of a second remaining. With full court press coverage on all of the signings, trades, big games, and everything Knicks, Nets, and across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pick and Pod WFUV's NBA podcast alongside Chris Persianen and Riley Lucas. I'm Thomas Silo. Guys, we have had a really packed playoffs here this year, and now we're in the conference finals for both the East and the West. We have to get things going right away. We're going to start in the West, but how are you guys doing today? I mean, I, I'm feeling amazing. I really am. We just had an amazing softball game. Almost hit a home run, some would say. So I'm on fire. <laughs> Almost is doing a lot of work there, Miss Lucas. <laughs> but yes, our annual WFUV Sports softball game was a successful outing. Um, it was great to see everyone, especially you guys. And, and now it's nice to be on here. Talk some hoops. We got, I got to say it every week because it's more and more true every week. It's the best time of year uh, for NBA basketball. Obviously the playoffs, this is what the whole season is for. And now we're at a pretty pivotal juncture in that season, given there's four teams left and they're all really good. So we got a lot to talk about and I am ready. Well, let's dive right in. Let's start out West with the Nuggets and the Lakers game one. Denver takes at 132-126 behind Nikola Jokic's 34-21-14 performance, even though Anthony Davis had 40 for the Lakers. LeBron with 26-12 and 12 of his own, and Austin Reeves chipping in 23 points. But this Nuggets team came out in that first quarter, and they really punched the Lakers in the mouth. I mean, it was an incredible first-quarter effort from Jokic, who I believe had, I want to say, 9 or 10 rebounds in the first quarter, and he was making Anthony Davis look like a fool but it really, to me, showed that this Denver team, they're not going to go down without a fight. That is, if they do, in fact, lose to the Lakers, because a lot of people are picking for LeBron James. Not many people pick against LeBron James in the playoffs. So I'll open up the forum here for everybody. What are our thoughts after game one of Nuggets-Lakers? Yeah, I think Jokic just continues to prove who he is um there's a lot of people out there that don't like it that that you know think he's not as good as whatever um I think it was Jalen Rose just said the other day now because of that performance that he had in game one and in the second round like now he's a superstar I feel like two MVPs qualified him as being a superstar before any of that stuff I just people are very believe it when they see it with Jokic except they close their eyes and refuse to see anything and they're just like no he's not real he's not that good he came out and dogged the Los Angeles Lakers this is a team that was really switched up at the trade deadline in I think they had the best trade deadline of any team in the league Um, made them go from like barely a playoff team to 
what should have been a top three or four seed if they were, if they had this roster all season long. And I just think that, you know, yes, you got a great game from Davis, right? 14 to 23 from the floor for those 40 points helps. But what is even better to me was the three steals and two blocks that Anthony Davis had. His fingerprints were all over this one did not matter. The Lakers were actually pretty efficient from the floor. They shot 55%, but so did Denver. And so you're watching these two high-powered offenses go toe-to-toe. LeBron, Jokic, the initiators, Davis, and and, and uh, then you got Murray and Porter, Hachimura. Like, this is a great series of offensive talent, but I feel like even a defender as good as AD can't hold back Jokic. He's just that level of player. So, For the Lakers, it's going to be all about guys two through nine for Denver. Can they curtail Murray, Porter, guys like KCP and Bruce Brown? The Lakers know KCP well. These are are perfect complementary players for a Nikola Jokic-led team. I think Bruce Brown has been an absolute stud in these playoffs. I don't know how the Brooklyn Nets went into this year wanting to win basketball games and let that guy walk out the door and thought Royce O'Neal could replace him because six, me, please. <laughs> 16 points, four rebounds, two assists, <laughs> six of 11 shooting for Brown. Yeah. <laughs> what else can you ask for? You know, and you got guys like Christian Brown who were not good for Denver, yeah. but they still survived and, and, and still won the game. I do think the Lakers can really, really make this a series. I would expect it to go six or seven games either way, but Riley, you know, I don't know how you're feeling about, no, I, I completely agree with what you've said so far. I think that, you know, one thing that struck me was in the the post game, they made the comment, you know, I think we figured them out this game. That's what the Lakers said. And if you're making that comment and you still lost, I think that says a lot. I am personally, am a Joel Embiid apologist. I was really rooting for him for MVP, but after watching Jokic play these games, this finals series or this playoff series, I'm very impressed. I think he should have been MVP now. I think everyone could say that he was well-deserving of that award. And the thing for me is it's like, not only is he playing fabulously, it's not even just him. It's the role players for the Nuggets have really stepped up. I mean, we see how MPJ's game one performance really clinched them, that huge win. That level of play for him, if that continues, I really see the Nuggets carrying this series. I think it'll definitely go to like game six, but I'm hoping the Nuggets take it. I think there's a lot that LA could still, or they still need to do. Uh, There was a lot of wide open layups. The Lakers easily gave up. Bruce Brown, I mean, he played phenomenal, but there was times he should not be wide open. And as we know, Jokic passes the ball very easily, and the Lakers should know this as well. And I just think, you know, there's times where you have D'Angelo Russell hanging out at the top of the key, just really allowing that cutting action. That shouldn't be happening. These are really easy fixes. So if the Lakers can get on them, which I know LeBron always takes control, he always makes some changes, and I think they can, you know, really push this to maybe game seven. I'm still riding with the Nuggets. I think Jalen Rose really said it perfectly when he described this game where, you know, Jokic isn't the guy. He's not really hunting shots. You need to force him to look to be a scorer. And then you put Rui on him. So, you know, Anthony Davis can be like a free safety. It's just, there's a lot of little easy tweaks. And then plus that has Anthony Davis staying out of foul trouble. So he'll have a really good offensive play for the next game. Um, I just think Jokic is hard to beat. And if these role players for the Nuggets, they keep it up, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to combat them. I think it's hilarious. If you look at the makeup of, of the Nuggets roster, right? It's Nikola Jokic, the superstar, Jamal Murray, and then a bunch of random cast-offs, right? Like Kentavious Caldwell Pope was like Lakers salary dump. 
Aaron. Gordon. Yeah, and that was their fault. I've been saying yeah. they did it, that he's a good player. In Washington, he was great. When they traded Monte Morris in a second rounder for him, I thought it was an absolute steal. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. These guys like Brown and Pope, they're, they're, they're known as like the Lakers meme team because people, casual NBA fans, don't care about the details and the impact these guys have. It's so It opens so many things up. For your stars, when you have guys like Josh Akogi or Bruce Brown or Josh Hart, these real junkyard dogs out there who do the little things, they they box out from the wing. They push for rebounds. They get steals. They look like defensive backs out there sometimes, the way they've reached back and grab a pass out of midair. I just, glue guys are everything. I said last round, I, I told you guys on Pick and Pod that the Nuggets would defeat the Suns regardless of how good Booker's been because they're three through eight. They're three through nine is three times as good. I think the Lakers have the depth to combat the Nuggets' depth. So this is this is going to turn into a bit of a star battle here. I would lean towards James and Davis taking the series. I would go Lakers in six, but I see if you have Nuggets in five, I can see it. Aside from the fact that I think it's going to be Nuggets, I just really hope it is the Nuggets. I think this is Jokic's time. And the fact that he kind of, you know, MB did get MVP over him. I would love for him to just shut everyone up who was, you know, who didn't believe in him and take it all the way to the finals. That's just what I would hope for him. I also see it going that way. But I, you know, you can't count out LeBron. We've seen it for years and years and years. And I also, you know, it would be really cool. LeBron, as we know, his era is slowly coming to an end. He's at that age now. So I think to see him maybe clinch one more finals was would be really awesome. But, you know, it, it's hard. This whole this whole playoff series, I mean, I really don't know who to pick from the East and the West. There's so many teams that I just feel like deserve it. And I'm very impressed with their playing. So it's, it's, it's hard. I kind of just want to take a step back and be like, look, my team isn't in it. Let me just watch and enjoy. Well, let's wrap before we wrap up and move on to our next segment. Let's get some quick predictions for the Western conference Finals. So for the rest of the series, we know that Denver won game one. I want to get everyone's series prediction and who is going to win conference finals MVP. I'll start. I'll go with, I'm going to go with the nuggets in seven. It's going to be a very gritty series. You know, there's going to be nights where the Denver Nuggets maybe get pushed around by Los Angeles. The Lakers are going to have nights that they had like game one. And then it's fair to say that this will go to seven by Denver. I think will pull it out in mm-hmm. game seven. And I'm going to go with, with Jokic as my conference finals MVP. Um, I'm definitely going to jump in there and agree with you. I think it's going to go either six or seven games. It really, in my eyes, depends on how the Nuggets role players uh, continue this series like if MPJ has another game like that and everyone carries their weight then I really think that it's an easy six or seven games for them um, I, I, yeah I'm going Nuggets I think Jokic is MVP I do want to add that I think it's honestly incredible that a player like Jokic who can like barely jump and runs like less than a mile per hour is just really dominating these fast and quick guys it really shows that basketball is more about skill and basketball IQ that's his endurance too I think I think he's getting underrated athletically because of how much stamina he has you look at Joel Embiid that guy will go all out three four straight plays and you look at him and you're like holy crap that's Hakeem Olajuwon and then he's gassed out of his mind and for the next six plays you're like oh and you that know that's my Bobby dude right? like that you can't you know would you get would you rather four plays of Hakeem five plays of Kwame Brown four plays of Hakeem would you rather 10 plays if of you Yoke? just bring up Kwame Brown 
That's what, Yoke, that's what that's what Embiid looks like man. when he's gassed. No, but he has a point. He has a point. He does have the endurance, but I just still Yoke I think overall stamina. that guy could oh, run a marathon. I agree, but overall his basketball IQ is on another level. So to me, I love seeing a guy who relies on his basketball IQ and his mindset to carry these games over these guys with a lot of physicality and athleticism. So I'm pulling for him. I really am. I think he'll be finals MVP. I think if the role players keep it up, like I said, it's going to be nuggets, either game six or seven. I would go Anthony Davis, Western conference finals, MVP Lakers and six. I think LeBron and Jokic kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. Jokic is a super high IQ basketball player, but so is LeBron James. And I'm just going to go with the star power in this series. Um, if AD keeps putting up five stocks a game, I'm going to go with the Lakers and, and for Davis to get that recognition. Well, on that note, let's jump back out to the East. Last night, the Miami Heat taking down the Boston Celtics in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy Butler leading his Heat with for 123 points to 116 of the Boston Celtics. Jimmy was really, really good. He had 35 points seven assists. He had five steals, I believe, as well last night. Also got a big helping hand from Bam Adebayo and Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, and Kyle Lowry all pitching in 13-plus. Miami with a really complete team effort, and a lot of people were asking me the other day, who are you going with, Miami or Boston? And I said, you have to look at it from this way, because when you play the Miami Heat, it's not about numbers, and it's not about who's on the roster. This is a mental battle every time with the Miami Heat, right? Eric Spolstra is perhaps the toughest coach in the NBA to play for. That's not Greg Popovich. He's incredibly motivating, but also very challenging. He's very picky about what he wants. And it takes a certain type of player to play for him. And the Miami Heat, they're ready to go. I mean, they've gone through the blast furnace the last couple of years. 2021 dealt with injuries, got swept by Giannis. Last year made the conference finals in a gritty seven-game series against Boston. So don't think that last year is not lingering in the back of their minds. But game one the other last night, Chris, I mean, it was very obvious to me. Well, I don't know how I think obvious maybe is a little bit of a loose term. But what yesterday showed was that Miami, they want this. And they do not care about your seating. They don't care about who's injured. They don't care where they're playing. They're going to show up and get the job done, and that's what they did last night. And I think Miami's going to walk to the NBA Finals. I think they're going to dispose of Boston in five or six games. I don't think Boston has the mental toughness. They don't have I like the creativity. That. They don't have the physical advantage that Miami does, and that plays well into this Miami Heat team on top of the fact that going to Miami as a home game is a tremendous advantage for a team like this. And this is really a series that could go very south for Boston very quickly. Yeah, I would say that when you look at Miami's first round series against Milwaukee, it's kind of indicative of like this series too. You know, like everyone expected Milwaukee to win. Everyone expected Boston to win this one. And yet Miami just has the fight. Um, Miami, a pedestrian shooting team throughout the regular season. Now elite in the playoffs. You got guys like Vincent. Robinson, Lowry all knocking down their shots. Um, they're getting really good playoff play from Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo seems to be a playoff riser now, someone who you're going to get the best from in the playoffs. Maybe he learned it from his co-star, Jimmy Butler, who seems to be really, really elite at just pacing himself throughout a season to be able to bring his best stuff for the playoffs. When you look at why Boston lost that game yesterday, 
the first quarter isn't the answer. They played nice. First half isn't the answer because they were good in the second quarter. But that third quarter, very reminiscent to me of a game from 2020 from the bubble Eastern Conference Finals between Boston and Miami, where Boston won three quarters, the first, the second, and the fourth of their game. But Miami was so dominant in the third quarter of that game that it didn't, none of it mattered because they came out, they fought, and they dragged themselves across the finish line before Boston. And when you take a look at this Celtics team, this is a team that has yet to go the distance. Yes, they've appeared in the finals, but even then, they were totally thrown off their offensive game plan from game one against the Warriors. And I just keep calling back to these other series because I feel like we kind of know who Boston is. They're this team that everyone always says, yeah, they're going to keep knocking on the door. They're going to be right there. But when it comes to it, they haven't done it yet. Now, do I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are good enough as a duo to overcome this Miami Heat team and get the win? Yes. Does the Boston locker room have the structure right now to make that happen? No. I don't know if you guys heard about Al Horford before game one, but the the Boston Celtics had a practice and Horford thought it was a little too loose. They needed to tighten things up. And he kind of like yelled at the team and was like, guys. Like, was a pushover too, I feel like. We, we need to get locked in. Mm-hmm. And then they lost game one because they came out in the second half too relaxed. They were too confident in their first half. And y- y- you look at it, right? Boston outscored Miami by two points in the first quarter. They outscored them by seven points in the second quarter. So they're up nine at halftime. In the NBA playoffs, that's three shots. That's yeah. three three-pointers. And they came out too calm and too collected. They they weren't taking risks. They thought that they could coast by the rest of the game. But everyone knows in the playoffs, your best playmakers, well, they, they're going to turn the ball over every once in a while because they're taking risks. They're trying to make good plays. And I, I never thought, you know, that I'd be, be hoping – that the Boston guards had more turnovers, but Jason Tatum, four turnovers, Jalen Brown, six turnovers. And then you got Derek White with zero, Brogdon with one, Smart with two. These guys barely had the rock, right? Boston's really got to look in the mirror and figure out who the heck they are. Because if they don't know, I know a team that knows exactly who they are. Their identity, their star, their second star, their coach, how they play. Every depth guy is a star in his role. The Miami Heat, know exactly what they're doing it's why they beat a team that was better on paper than them remember they were missing tyler hero against new york and they handled them pretty easily milwaukee in the first round best player in the world arguably and onto takumpo i I think Jokic might be fighting as hard as he can for that title now curry as well but he was out now he's out of the playoffs um and, and miami beat them because at the end of the day the nba is covered like a stars league it runs like a stars league and it is a stars league because there's there's too many coincidences, right? It has to be a stars league. When you look at the CBA, it's all for the stars. The average player has nothing going for them in the CBA that was just agreed to, but in the playoffs, depth will always reign supreme. It will always be important. The star is your entry ticket. That's the price of admission to the late rounds of the playoffs. Because if you don't have one of those top 10 guys in the world, you're not seeing it, right? Tatum, Butler, James, Jokic, four top 10 guys in the world. That's the price of admission to get into the conference finals. But how do you make it out? It's with guys two through nine, 
two through 10, however deep your rotation is. I've said it all postseason long on pick and pod, and I'll keep it up. It's all about depth. And so Boston has the depth on paper, but they don't have the makeup. They don't seem to have it. And whatever it is, you know, with big quotes in the air, the, the legendary, mythical, hypothetical it factor, I don't see it in Boston. And even if Miami doesn't seem or look like a team that has it, well, they're going to show you over and over and over again until you believe. So I'm going to agree with Thomas here. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat in six games. I do think Boston really puts up a fight because they know that this is probably the end of the Tatum and Brown pairing if this series goes really poorly. I think they get it together and put up an admirable fight. I also don't think they win the series. I've got Miami. They're they're taking care of business this playoffs. If their shooting falls off a cliff, Boston in five, right? But it won't because it's good for a reason, and it's their game plan. Spolstra's amazing. I mean, I wish I could just jump on here and disagree with you guys and spark something, but I can't because I really think that this Miami has a series. Sometimes you got to fall in line. Sometimes. Especially in, in this instance, because not to take away from just how well and how incredible Miami and just Jimmy Butler has been playing. It's a matter of I'm very disappointed in the Celtics. It's just like a lack of effort watching them run up and down the court. I don't know if you guys like really watch like it's like they don't even run right. It's like they had no effort and losing at a home game. I think we could all agree, especially with the level of playing we have here is the worst start to have. Like you do you cannot let these games go, especially when you have the home court advantage. Miami just is physical. Boston's lazy. Boston played too slow. And on top of that, I really was disappointed in Missoula's coaching. I felt like he needed to call more timeouts. And, you know, in that third quarter, there should have been adjustments that were made. And like you said, the fact that Al Horford's the one like trying to like get everyone going, it's like, what is Joe Missoula doing? I feel like he's just a paranoid guy. He's very full of excuses. I think he really got out coached this game, which is something we should touch on. And, you know, the Celtics made it thus far without him. He's he really just got fortunate to be thrown into a good team. That's what happened there. He needs to really be humbled and just get in there and fix some things because there was I, a lot that he could have done. I think his adjustments from game one to game two and in, in last round were, were good. Um, and then he made the right adjustment, moving Robert Williams into the starting lineup for game four. But the thing is, it took until game four. And so um yeah, even, we can't have that. even if he does know how to coach and is a good one. He doesn't seem to be confident in that. And, yeah. and, and he seems to kind of want to let his team dictate things, which is a style of coaching. And, and you know what? If you're good at it and you can do it and you've got the star power for it and that's what's best for your team, then you should coach that way. Here's the thing. I Celtics agree with team that. clearly needs more organization. Exactly. And they clearly, to your point, they clearly need a, a leader, an adult in the room that's not wearing a white and green jersey. I a thousand percent agree because I do love when coaches, you know, really let the players stand up because they know it's best. They're the ones playing on the court. Like they know what they can do. They know what needs to be done most of the time, but you know, they can't call a timeout. They can't change up the roster in the third quarter. They can't change up the lineup. Like the, he has to do these things and he just was not, he failed. He should have made a lot of adjustments in that third quarter. And then even in the post game, he was just like, I think he said like, we were prepared, but then we just let go of the rope. Like, okay, like you don't let go of the rope. Like, I just feel like to just get out there and just say that as if you gave up so easily, it's just, it's crazy. And, you know, there, there was just so much that needed to be done in my eyes. I think the Celtics have been sleeping all postseason, even though they've made it thus far, they let the Hawks push them to what? Six in a series that should have been a sweep. That's crazy. The 76ers took game one without Joel Embiid in Boston. 
they've only played with this urgency when facing elimination. That's not going to fly with this Heat team. It's not. The Heat, like you said, has the depth. I don't think people really realize what this Heat team has to offer. Even Kevin Love. I mean, I'm a huge Kevin Love fan, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I think he's slept on. He was a very crucial piece for the Cavs playoffs run, as we know. And he's this great piece of the equation in Miami. He made an exceptional choice heading down there, I could say. He had those deep outlet passes that really just helped. It's like you need those people to do things. I see you we, laughing. We taught, no, I'm laughing because he made an exceptional choice to go down there. Why yeah. did he have a choice? Cleveland looked at Lamar Stevens and Ricky Rubio, and they said, yes, those are our guys. Yeah, that was What funny. are we doing? <laughs> Oh God! I, I mean, I, I I agree though. I at first I wanted him because I love Joel Embiid. Who I, I I that's another conversation we're past that. But I'm very disappointed with Joel Embiid because he has no excuses anymore. He was healthy, blah blah blah. Another conversation. But I want him to play with Embiid because I thought I would have loved to see that. But now that I'm witnessing Kevin Love down in Miami, I'm so happy he ended up there. I really am. I think that Jimmy Butler is. He's been he's the best him. player in the East in back-to-back postseasons. And this year, I think he's been arguably the best player in the entire postseason. He's a really a legend in the making. And yeah, we could talk about like, you know, the regular seasons, yada, 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 yada. At the end of the day, the regular season does not matter right now. It does not. It's all about the postseason. And the Heat are just captivating the postseason. There's no two ways about it. I think I'm going to agree with you guys. I think they're going six games. I think they're going to take this. I would love to see them in the finals. I think it's well-deserved. I think Jimmy's finally getting the respect he deserves. And this whole team is just getting the respect they deserve. And Jason Tatum, he just like really just to dive back into that. I was just really disappointed with Jason Tatum. I mean, yeah, he had 30 points in the game, but he didn't even attempt a single field goal in the fourth quarter. Like you cannot do that. Like this is not the time. I think, I don't know why they're so relaxed and so calm. I know they always like, push towards to you know save the series towards the end but it's not you cannot do that with this heat team and I really think they underestimated what was going on here and for Jason Tatum someone who's cut from the Kobe cloth I think you know we really can all agree that his level of playing was so far from this Mamba mentality last night yeah I was gonna say that's a the the diamond tester on that Kobe cloth is coming out exactly there's there's (laughs) one guy in the league right now who was a Kobe disciple who actually plays like him and he's out of the playoffs now. So that's, that's over. Devin Booker went home. So um, yeah, Tatum, Tatum with the, I think he, MJ cloth though with Jimmy it's coming on top. I think, I think that when you have a veteran as your team leader, it's fine. Right. Yeah. But they like, when you look at the Toronto Raptors, in my opinion, the 2019 Toronto Raptors are one of the best teams ever assembled top 25, maybe like that, that roster had good defenders on it. One through nine and good players. One through nine, Kawhi, Lowry, Siakam, every, every piece fit together perfectly. Gasol. Right. But everyone and their mother knew that Kawhi Leonard was the best player on their team. But Kyle Lowry was that team's locker room leader. It is okay. If the team's best player is not the team's leader, the problem is that when it's not the right guy, when it's not the right guy, it won't go well. For example, I I looked into Cleveland before their playoff series against New York. I I found out that Jarrett Allen is the team leader. He's the locker room leader. Um, Jarrett Allen is kind of like the Jamal Williams of the NBA. He's super into like Pokemon, anime, all that stuff. Like, does he watch TV? That guy, that guy is your, your team leader. Ooh, like, I didn't see Cleveland having it and they didn't. And and for Boston, Horford, you know, Alfonso, he's, he's great. Right. But the, the, the thing is you can't be 
depending on superstar performances from him on the court to be, hang in these games. Like mm-hmm. last last round, you saw how great Horford played, but that's what got them past Philly. That was the X factor, in my opinion, was, was Horford and the lineup switch, bringing Williams into the starting lineup. Um, in this, you know, Al Horford went one for five from three in game one. I just think that if he's not playing, that's okay. One for five from three is literally okay for Al Horford. But the thing is they needed two, they needed three for five. They needed three for six. And, and if you need Al Horford in the year of our Lord, 2023 to be your third best player, you're in trouble. Yeah. See, I the wanna... way I view it, sorry to cut you off Thomas, but just overall, like the way I view it in this series specifically, or just in general, that I would rather have one superstar and a ton of role players who all equally fight for it and want it and put in that effort on the court, have the depth, then four superstars who just go out there with a lackluster effort. They have this ego that they're that guy and they don't know how to properly play their role and work as a team. And I think that's what we see with Miami and Jimmy. He's that one superstar. He's surrounded by a lot of guys who want it just as bad as he does. And that's what helps him succeed here. I want to end it on this. I want to go back to what we were talking about with the coaches. Everyone always talks about how player leadership, player led leadership and all this, right? Cause that's a better team than having a coach coach team, right? The players need to be leaders like Kyle Lowry's very vocal and Al Horford and all these guys, but there's a, there has to come a point where the coach has to put his foot down and say, this is what we're going to do. And you're going to do it. And that's the, that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Joe Missoula is not respected by any of the players, at least from my point of view, in the Celtics locker room. And we're going to, I'm going to end it on this. He's a great substitute teacher, but everyone knows he's not, that. Yeah. He's not. Everyone knows that when the sub comes in is when the letter to the real teacher gets written. And, when yeah. and he sub- was fortunate enough to come in with a very talented class. The like only that, reason they lucky. wanted him to get the job was to keep everything that Ime Udoka was doing the year before going. That was the yeah. thinking behind it, but I'm going to, and I'm going to use a college analogy here, right? Uh, I, think it fits, I think it fits perfectly. Thomas Wait. with the college basketball, though, is Wait, coming up. Why do you think Jay Wright didn't want to go to the NBA? You think he wants to coach a bunch of like people that don't listen to him? Yeah. Or is he going to stay at Villanova with a bunch of kids that will listen to him and do what he tells them in a way and let them excel in this culture that he's created and all this stuff? Like, why you are, do you, you are correct. Doesn't want to go to the – why do you think none of those guys want to go to the NBA? Mm-hmm. You know, they, like, yeah, I, I get player-led leadership is a thing, but there needs to come a point where the coach has to put the foot down. They wouldn't be able to do that in the NBA. The Joe Mazzulla can't do that. You want to bring up the Cleveland Cavaliers? The Cleveland Bickerstaff can't do it in Cleveland. I can not not bigger. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about a different JB, Mister John B, aka Byline, went to Cleveland from. Well, now he's in Detroit, right? But you know, John did he did Michigan, he did, and then oh, Cleveland. John Beeline, yes, John yeah, yeah. Beeline, yes, 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 yeah. John. And, Be- and he had to retire in the middle of the year because he couldn't handle it. He couldn't, yeah, he couldn't do it. And because John he, Beeline isn't even like Bill Self or Shashevsky or any of these guys. The like, you need the coach to put the foot down at some point. I I don't care how much player led leadership you have. The coach yeah. is the coach. If the coach needs to put the foot down, that needs to happen. I Joe Missoula cannot do that. And I don't exactly think it's going to help about. him when you play against these teams like Miami that are so disciplined and they're tough and they listen to their coach to a degree. And he lets his players play. He puts them in positions to win. Joe Missoula, the whole the timeouts thing is the big thing with him, right? Yeah. He doesn't call timeouts at the end of games. Now, I understand why he doesn't do it. You have no, Jason Tatum. He's weak. He, 
but you can get a shot off against a non-set defense with a player like Tatum. But for someone like Joe Missoula, and given how Boston just folds in on itself so many times, it would benefit him to call a timeout and drop a play. But again, the players don't listen to him. And that is a huge, huge problem. That is going to deter the Celtics team from reaching the championship peak. And here's another thing too, is like, yeah, the Celtics are known as an like one of the best offensives are at that point they were and they're offensively very talented but we could see that what got them to the playoffs last year was their defense their defense was exceptional and both of these things are lacking in this series or just in the playoffs in general so I just think that there's a lot to fix here Joe Mazzula needs to make a lot of coaching fixes but the fact that we're at this point and we're still talking about how the Celtics the Celtics need to tweak things against an eight seed team. I think it's over. I think that Miami Heat are going six or seven. I hope it happens. I would love to see, obviously, them go up against the Nuggets in the finals. Or most importantly, how sick would it be for baby MJ to go against LeBron? I, mean, I was going to say, can we get a rematch of the 2020 finals? Yeah. That would yeah, be um, I think too. I can pass on that. I want to see I want to see Denver in the finals. If they I, I wanted Los Angeles, Boston, but we might get Los Angeles, Miami. They need Denver, Denver, needs Denver, to, Miami. I might be wrong on both. Denver needs to finally get into the NBA finals for the first time ever. Yeah. I think they've earned franchise it. history. Yeah. LeBron's had his moment. He's yeah, had let, his. Let, let the new people in. Make quitting, make quitting the move of the 2020s. Okay. <laughs> to, quote, to quote Jerry Seinfeld from The Last Dance. But that's just about going to do it for us here on Pick. I was going to say, on that note, I'm making quitting. (laughs) I'm going to quit. Speaking of quitting, we're done. (laughs) We are done. It was a very productive conversation, though. But, hey, you know what? It was a lot of fun being on Pick and Pod today with you guys talking NBA playoffs. So, Chris, Percy Einan, Riley Lucas, Thomas Aiello signing off here. Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.